The other chapter that really stands out for me, one of my favourites, is Spooked, which gives the reader a bit of an insight into your run-in with MI5, uh, which obviously led to a, a little stay in Belmarsh. Tell us a little bit about that chapter. Uh, uh, was, uh, Steve, uh, this happened purely by accident. Well, we'll get into that maybe, maybe more in-depth, but people will be familiar with the story that I was arrested in London in Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, a hell of a, an insight, a hell of a journey. And um, you also talk about the film, uh, The Wee Man. How did that come about, Paul? Well, how it came about uh, was I gave Arthur Sati a copy of The Ferris Conspiracy. He loved that. Arthur Sati then gave that uh, to his friend called Joey Pyle. Uh, Joey Pyle was quite a prominent uh, individual in the London circles, been about for many, many years, very well respected. And the reason why Arthur Sutty gave Joey Pyle the book uh, was because Arthur knew that Joey Pyle knew another guy who was in that industry, music, uh, film, entertainment uh, industry called Wilf Pine, uh, who turned out to be Ozzy Osbourne's old tour manager. Uh, been in America, very well connected uh, in the film industry. So the book went through me to Arthur Sutty, Arthur Sutty to Joey Pyle, Joey Pyle to Wolf Pine, and he put it, Wolf Pine put it all together. Yeah. There was a, there was a, when I was trying to explain that story to, to a friendly source in the media, <laughs> the next the next day was a, a fucking half-page headline, Mafia Funds, uh, the wee man. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to correct it because Wolf Pine uh, has uh, already wrote a book called The Englishman and the Mafia. And it obviously, I never done a good enough job to explain who Wolf Pine was. So they ran the story and said the film had been made for the Mafia money. Uh, but it being corrected. But Wolf is a big player, and that's how it started. I met uh, Mike Lovedy of Carnegie International, absolutely top guy. Uh, and then I, I was introduced to to Ray Burgess. We had close associates that we never knew from North London, and Ray was happy to come on board, and uh, that's how that started. I guess the big question is, is there going to be a sequel? Uh, the problem is, Steve, uh, when you do a sequel, it's something in which... I've never done a sequel with books, so I'm trying to explain... The, the, the books are all standalone. Uh, so there will be another movie, but it'll be a UK true crime movie that's going to involve Glasgow, Edinburgh, Newcastle, uh, Liverpool, Manchester and London. They're all the key characters. It's never been done before. Uh, so 
that's the one that's that's had the funding uh, approved uh, just because of the COVID restrictions just now for them. The investors are overseas investors, so for them to try and come into the UK at this present time, they're getting allocated to a hotel, no other choice, for 1700 quid a week. So we're probably looking at May and June to have uh, cleared funds to move on. Uh, matter of fact, I wrote, spoke to Ray Bird this yesterday, he gave us an update, very positive. Uh, so it won't, won't be a, a, a sequel, but it will be a, a standalone UK true crime. The likes of Freddie Foreman and Stephen Sayers supported your book launch. How was yeah. that to, to team up with those guys? Well, it's just normal. They're just, they're just great, fantastic people on their own right anyway, Steve. And it's quite a humbling experience to be invited into their home cities uh, to be given all the attention that, that's needed for, for your project. And hopefully I can give something back to these guys because they were, they were absolutely spot on. Freddie Foreman uh, as a really good close associate yeah for City. Uh, Stephen Sayers, I've known Stephen for, for my time spent in Franklin Prison, along with, with, with Michael. I never met, actually met John, but when I go out and visited Old Albert uh, at the market in the bar, uh, his fruit bar in the, the city centre, he, he became the kind of the guy he go in for advice brilliant company great time and hopefully I can give something back it was never, it was never done to get something back Steve it was just really nice gesture they've they've opened up doors for me in Newcastle and London and uh, hopefully I can give something back as I said you recently wrote a forward for A Salford Heart which is a book about a close friend of yours who's no longer with us Paul Massey what's your memories yeah. of him? Paul my first memory of Paul was uh, I'd been in Manchester uh, people say that I'd left Glasgow for Manchester. I never. Uh, Thompson had died at that time. Uh, 1993, I went down to visit uh, a friend, a, a friend, Rob Carroll. The reason why I'm laughing, Rob's massive character. He features in the, the new movie. Uh, but the investors are looking for five different series of the tale of the, new, the, 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 the movie. And me and Ray Bob just got my heads again and said, right, let's pack Rob Carroll's out for the Manchester scene because it will tie in with how I met Paul Massey. And I met Paul Massey. I knew about Paul Massey before I met him. Uh, but one of the, the things that I remember was going to the Hacienda Club, big famous rave place uh, back in the day. Uh, treated very good. Same as going to Manchester, uh, Liverpool, Newcastle, Steve. When you're really good people, you get a good time. Uh, went to the nightclub, went to Hacienda, brilliant time, got to know Paul Massey for who I've seen Paul Massey as, and we became very close friends after the Rab Carruthers uh, had actually died. What projects are you working on at the moment, Paul? Uh, quite a few, Steve. There's a funny one. Well, not a funny one. Uh, there's an individual. I've met, I, I was done in London, visit family before COVID and during COVID. And I met a fellow Scotsman on my trail called Mark Dempster, who runs a Harley Street practice for substance abuse. And one of his clients is a guy called James Anthony Bowen, who was a homeless guy, a busker, musician in his own right, but he was homeless, got himself a bit of bad luck, uh, sitting outside the tube station in, I think it was North London. 
And by this time, they had uh, rescued a cat, a ginger cat, uh, that he called Bob, and looked after it to such an extent the cat would never leave him. And when he was busking outside these places uh, on this particular day, uh, there was a female uh, author uh, who happened to speak to him, give him some money in the cat for playing the guitar and asked the story about him and the cat. And the story turns on to be uh, James uh, Bowen uh, is homeless, the cat's homeless, and she thought that's a brilliant story. So she gave him uh, a business card and... Uh, this story came direct for James Anthony Bowen to me three, four months ago, Steve. Uh, and the reason for it being is Mark Dempster is his counsellor. Uh, he's, he's been shafted by publishers. Uh, apparently there have been 8.8 million Clinton book sales on Bob the Street Cat. There have been three films. Uh, he's never, James Anthony Bowen has never, ever had the money that he should have got and people are playing on the fact that he's misfortune. So what he wanted to do is address the situation. So MD wanted to do a bit of fact-checking. Go and check out Bob, a street cat named Bob, and James Anthony Bourne. I never believed that Stephen Toller checked it. This guy had been all over Europe on the red carpet with a cat on his shoulder. So we're doing a docudrama and a book on that one. Uh, we're hoping to get another couple of pilot series through Jack Pepper Media that a friend of mine, Brian Anderson, has, has got an interest in. And uh, I'm interested in doing one other book. I'm, I'm, I'm practically halfway through just now, Steve, for, for our next project, if it is a next project. Unfinished business, the business years that will focus on uh, going straight from the release in 2002, right up to present day, and all the pitfalls and uh, hurdles that you've got to get through, even just to get a bank account and, and move on. Because when you came out of a, a prison, Steve, in 2002, uh, anybody can go to prison, and uh, they want to get involved in business. They need a business account, don't they? Yeah. Never got one. Never got one. So there was a lot of stigma attached to it. And, I don't want to spoil anything for the journey, but it's a bit of a roller coaster. Involves HMRC, millions of pounds, security wars, uh, and and basically it's just how to navigate all the hurdles they going through. Well, if you want to buy a copy of Unfinished Business, uh, it's available from www.badboysbooks.net. Paul Ferris, thanks for your time, mate. Steve, thank you very much. Stay safe and remain positive, mate.